You ready, Jimbo? I'm ready. Always ready. Old stories like long lost friends. Rodeos and late night bends. History before our time. Round pens and pasture rides. Cowboys of the Osage. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Cowboys of the Osage podcast brought to you by the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum, located in historic downtown Pahuska, Oklahoma. When I heard that song a while ago, Jimbo, I've, when he says late night bins, I've had a few of those things. I'm sure you have. Yeah. I've heard oh, stories. Moly. Yeah, that brought back a few memories. Right. Well, anyway, it's old Cody here. And as always, I've got my co-host with me, Mr. Rodeo Historian himself, Jimbo Snively. Hey, Jimbo, good to see you. Who do we have today? Hey, Cody boy. It's another great day in Osage, man. And Cody, we're going all the way up to the cowboy state, Wyoming, by the magic of Zoom. And we're talking to Troy Tillard. Troy is a five-time national finalist. Uh, He won Cheyenne in his home state. Now, what a thrill that had to have been. Oh, yeah, had to be. And uh, he comes from a great cowboy family. His grandfather, Bud, was a national finalist back in the 60s, a steer roper, cab rope too. And uh, his uh, brother, TK, dad, Tim, two cousins. I mean, they're just a ropey bunch, great cowboys. And we're just really uh, pleased to talk to Troy. Troy, welcome to the Cowboys of the Osage podcast. Hi, guys. I'm glad to be here. I really appreciate the invite. We're glad to have you. Oh, for sure. It was like it was like linking up with the space station or a space shuttle to get this all <laughs> this stuff to work from Oklahoma to Wyoming. But somehow... I don't understand how the satellites and stuff linked up and the technology's worked and uh, somebody Googled it and I'll be dang Jimbo. It's all working for right now. I know. Troy, good to see you, man. You too, Cody. I like the, I like the new up there. Pretty sharp. It's a antelope buckskin with a fringe and bear hide collar. Probably Wyoming antelope. Yeah. Good Wyoming antelope. Smoke tanned. Yeah. It was smoke tanned. <laughs> I, I I was wearing it around, so I thought, well, heck, I'll just wear it on the podcast today. So I like it. <laughs> Thank you, man. Troy, let's start from the beginning. How did your family come to settle in Wyoming? That's tough country. It takes a real man to want to settle up there. Yeah, you know, that's a interesting story. I'll do my best job to tell you. Um, my family originally lived out in uh, Hermiston, Oregon in the uh, early 1900s, and they raised sheep out there. And the cattle or the cattlemen came in and, and killed all their sheep over a short, pretty short period of time. And they loaded up and headed back and ended up in Billings, Montana for a day or year or two. And then came down here to Douglas and then homesteaded out here 30 miles north and in 1915. And we've been here ever since. Wow. Yeah. That, that's a, I've been up in there a little bit and then that's, there's not a whole lot up there, but at least when I was there a few years ago, it was pretty <laughs> <boring> country. Between <laughs> Douglas and Gillette, there's not much. No, they're in just just uh, just some tough old ranchers. Yeah. Are you guys sheep men? Yes, yeah. yeah. we raise sheep and, and cattle. Cool. But, but yeah, the family's always been in the sheep business. Yeah. What's the rub? You always see the old westerns. There's always a rub between the sheep men and the cattle men. What's what's that all about? You know, I'm sure it was just over grass, you know, yeah. for forever. I, I don't, of course, I live in sheep country, and, and most everybody around here raises sheep and cattle. Um, we all get along now. Right. No <laughs> killings or anything now. That's good. Yeah. But I'm sure it was just over, over grass, you know. Right. How do you guys winter your livestock up there, Troy? Well, so we will get some big snowstorms. Um but we get a lot of wind. Our country will blow open pretty quick. So uh, we don't feed a lot of, of hay or anything. We we uh, cake everything. We feed. We run cake trucks around, and everybody gets their protein that way. Right there. Oh, right before we start calving, we'll start feeding those cows. And uh, and uh, yeah, the sheep just stay on the cake. 
How do you keep the predators off the sheep? Uh, see, that's tough. We it's full time year round. We uh, the county's got a program. We we'll have some heli They'll have a helicopter, airplanes out there. We all, me and my brother, my cousins, we all trap hunt coyotes. Right. You know, pretty much year round. Right. There aren't any wolves up there, are there? Well, no, but um, I've never seen one, but about, oh, I think it was about three miles from our property here. Oh, maybe two years ago, the uh, there was a yearling wolf out there, but they're not supposed to be. But huh. Yeah. Which just seems like predators just keep getting worse, you know? Yeah. Lots of. Well, the, the furs, the hides and stuff aren't worth a lot anymore. And they're not as many people trapped, I don't think, as they used to. Yeah, I think they, I read something the other day, them coyote furs are worth $9 or something. Yeah. So I nobody never worth no time. Yeah. What worth about bear? Do y'all have any bear up there? Well, no, we don't. But here last summer, my brother was out there uh, doing something, going through the sheep and seeing a little black bear running across there. He's got a great video of it, but I've never seen a bear yet. So I don't know. They, they keep showing, they're starting to show up, I guess. Well, you saw a bear and you saw a wolf, so it's just a matter of time, sounds like. Well, well, and two weeks ago, I was driving out through there and seen two big horn sheep. And yeah. there's no horn sheep around here. So, oh, yeah, oh. I don't know. It's been weird. That's the antelope country up there, isn't it? That's the antelope, yep. Yeah, we got some elk over here on the ranch that Heidi and I are on. Um, and then the rest of it, you know, it's antelope and mule deer. Right. Huh. You know, one time I was going to, go stay the night at his house <laughs> passing through Jimbo. And he said, Ooh, it rained pretty good the last couple of days. <laughs> My driveway is 48 miles long. Wow. I'm not <laughs> sure you can make it down it. Wow. <laughs> it was close. It was 23 miles long and yeah, oh, okay. you probably couldn't have, but I think it was that same time that Rook come in and, uh, <laughs> and we beat the rain and we no more than put his horses up. And he said, and the rain came. Here it came. It got muddy. I said, you have to wait till tomorrow. And uh, I went to the house, and then, and then pretty soon I see his truck leaving. And then I, the next day or wherever we were going, that, that old truck was just off the road one side or the other the whole way. But he made it. <laughs> now, does the county maintain that, or is it all up to you? No, the county does that one. Um, the, the road into my dad's house, we, we maintain that, or he does. And uh, – there's one the county maintains, and, and thank God they've come in and, and put some gravel on it. It's a little better now. Yeah. Well, I have a, about a mile and a half of driveway, and sometimes that's a lot, seems like. I can't imagine 23 miles. That does seem like a lot. Wow. <laughs> it's a ways back. 40-something mile round trip. That's what the way I'm my saying. wife runs back and forth to town, that'd be a, a lot of miles <laughs> on her car. Do you make your kids walk to the end of the driveway to catch the bus? <laughs> You know, the first year or two, Heidi would drive them to town, drove Ryder to town to kindergarten and back, and then that didn't work very good. And here, now we got a little place here on the edge of town, so we can have a place to stay through the week, and I'll bounce back and forth. Well, uh, when did your grand was your grandfather was he the first roper in the bunch or? Yep, yep, he was. What got him, what got him started? You know, just is you know best i know just ranching you know, he he worked hard from a young age and they ranched out there and he got into roping calves and uh you know about anything he could do on a horse he'd come to town he's got i bet he had a dozen silver plates he'd come in and win here in douglas must have won it quite a bit you know for the horse all around horse deal they'd rain and run barrels and rope calves and I don't know what all they did on him, but they were pretty good stories, and he had some good horses that way. Yeah. Yep. Then he, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how he got started roping calves, but, but he did, and he roped them for a long time. He loved roping calves. Yeah. When did he get started roping steers? I think he was around 40 years old when he got to roping steers. I know he made the finals there in the late 60s, I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, he, I, I think he qualified for him twice, and he went once. I think it was 69, maybe he went. And the, the other year, he had his shipping dates for his lambs, I think, and he didn't go. So Right, right. Who uh, who influenced his roping? Uh, I mean, your steer roping, you you think? Who helped him get started? You know, I, 
that'd be a better question for my dad, but I know, I know he, he roped a lot with Jimmy Moore and, uh, Doc Baker and Bob Eisenberger. Yeah. Um, probably, uh, I'm sure I'm missing. Yeah. You know, Bob Moore, Cody was a old time steer roper, Jim's dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wrote back my grandpa's day. I think he was even a little older than my grandpa. But, uh, yeah. I'd actually seen no Doc yeah. Jim Baker wrote before. Right. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. Tori, did you ever know a guy up there? He might have might have been before your time. You might not be old enough. I'm sure your dad and grandpa knew him by the name of Carl Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did, Carl. In fact, I remember. Uh, I think it was when we drove into Torrington. He had that nice place on the left hand side of the road there. Real he had pretty. a truck trucking company, and yeah, a steer roper. He won Pendleton one time and and made the finals once or twice. And he was a real good friend of our family and. In fact, he entered my uncle Joe for shoot six or eight years there. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. Furnished his horse and entered him. And he was just a really super nice guy. I was a really young, really young then, but, but, uh, yeah, I remember him and, and yeah, I don't remember much, but I remember of him. Right. You guys have been on that ranch for well over a hundred years. How much old ranch equipment do you guys got piled up there? I can only imagine because <laughs> at our little old ranch down in McAllister, there was, uh, you know, I got all in right here in Pahuski even. I mean, I got piles and piles of stuff, and I've only been here 10 years. There, yeah, we got a big designated area down there out of the way that it's, uh, yeah, you, there's old tractors and balers. And, you know, when I was a kid, we used to still put up some hay, and that, that equipment was old then. So, you know, that stuff's old. Yeah. What about those sheep wagons? Do y'all still use them? No, we don't. But that was a hobby of my granddad's. He uh, he would restore those. And uh, that was what he did in the winter. In the afternoons, he'd restore sheep wagons. And he's got a, uh, he finally built a wagon barn. And it's re really neat if you ever get, get up here, you walk through that. And, you know, there's there's probably 15 wagons and a couple chuck wagons and mostly sheep wagons that he, he redid all authentic you know it was he would drive all over to find wagon wheels and then he would you know he'd read he'd bit rebuild them you know it was neat what is a sheep wagon necessarily well just kind of a wood box on four wood wheels and it's got a got a bed in there and a, and a great big wood burning stove and uh and those guys that uh, you know they would They'd live in them. Grandpa said they'd they'd live in them for, you know, all winter, three or four months, and then when they got payday, they'd disappear and go to the bar, and and then when they ran out of money, they'd show back up. Do you have any of those old time sheep herders monuments up there with rocks? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, they're they're everywhere. They're I, I, you know, I guess I take them for granted, but you'll you'll see them all the time out out and around. I, I was hunting up in Idaho one time, and they were up there and. I couldn't figure out what they were, but they just stacked rocks. And sometimes they'll go way high, Cody. And I asked somebody what they were, a local. He said they were sheep herder mon monuments or whatever. And I said, what are they for? Or why'd they build them? He said, probably just bored them more than anything. <laughs> probably bored them. They they yeah. said you know, just for um, landmarks and stuff. Right, but right. But they're surely they the sheep cut, but cool. I would have thought aliens put them there. So. Yeah, they, they're weird looking. <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere, there'll be these rocks just stacked up. Yeah. You ever see aliens talk. out there? <laughs> Haven't seen any aliens. No. <laughs> probably too tough of a country for them. Too cold. Well, you got to see one anywhere. You probably see one out there. You know, it's too cold, too windy, I think, for them. <laughs> Speaking of cold and windy, you must have a pretty short roping season up there, don't you? I mean, when do you all start practicing in the spring? Well, you, you generally we'll start, um, we'll cast and start roping steers and all oh, the first 10 days of may and used to be you'd rope till dawn king days which would you know is the first of september and and then that'd be about it you know we now now it seems like we'll rope a little later in the year and then and there's some barns around here that try i try to rent that barn and rope twice a week usually i mean i this i just got my hip replaced so i'm not um doing that this winter but normally i do that so When did you uh get oh, Heidi, Heidi's gonna be renting that barn on winter? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. She Stop. is renting 
backpack. I limped down there and watched her yesterday. But. <laughs> I guess you always wanted to be a roper. Is that right? Yeah. You know, we grew up, we were, yeah, we're out there in the middle of nowhere and we'd, we'd work all morning and every day dad would go to the practice pen and, and, uh, and my uncle and, and all us kids wouldn't. Right. You know, we break weight steers when we were little. That's just what we did. We break weight steers and I tripped a steer before I ever, ever team roped a steer. So, yeah. and we just didn't do that. We just always, and then I get, you know, got a little bit older into junior high and started tying calves down and, uh, and, but it was, yeah, steer open was always where my heart was. That's, that's always, that's, that's all I knew really. Right. All I wanted to do. Right. You know, there's a lot of, quite a few good ropers that came from, uh, that's just Wyoming. Well, yeah. You know, you know, uh, two in particular, I, when I think of Wyoming steer ropers, maybe three, I think of Troy Tiller, but the entire Tillard family, right. when I think right. about it, I think about. Harold Bumgardner for some reason. Yeah. I don't even know if he's from Wyoming, but I think about him when I think about Wyoming. Yeah. How could you not think of Harold, you know? What about Nick Harris and Bobby Harris? Oh my gosh. Bobby's Bobby's top yeah. five roper of all time. I'm talking about Glenn Barlow though. I'm talking about a guy that's a bad, he used to be one of the best ropers, I think. Yeah. Period. Oh, without a doubt. I agree. I, uh, you know, when I was in high school, my dad loaded me up and started taking me around to those WSRA ropings, and I rope against all those guys. And, and uh, but Glenn, Glenn was hard to beat, but just such a great guy. You know, he he helped me a lot when I was young, and uh, um, he always loved watching Glenn. He always had good horses. He had that great horse Gilly. That uh, man, I don't know. He was he was he, they were tough. They were hard to beat. Yeah, but you know. It all started. The first one I remember up there was King Merritt. You know, he was the world's champion. Yeah, that's another one I yep. think of yep. when I think about Wyoming too. And uh, the Merritt clan. His sure. uh, his uh, son-in-law was John Dalton. Did you ever know him, Troy? Yeah, I know John. I know John pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, was John Jimbo? He was uh, a <clears throat> King Merritt's son-in-law. He was married to Ramona Merritt, and uh, he was a real good uh, all-around hand. He won the Pendleton all around twice. I think he's in the Hall of Fame up there. He was a steer roper, calf roper, and a bulldogger. Probably best known for his steer rope. Made the final several times in steer roping, but a, a really good hand, you know, for sure. If there was a Hall of Fame for drinking Pendleton whiskey up there, you're in it. Now I would have failed to get in because I'm not that good of a whiskey. Oh, drinker, okay. but I tried to get in it a couple okay. times. Well, well, you tried. Lee Eisenberger's another guy that's done more for steer roping than anybody I can think of up in this country. Oh, he's a great guy. And when you yeah. think about why, when I think about Wyoming steer ropers, he's right there with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I for sure. Old smile on my face. Every time I think about that guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know. He's the best. Great guy. You don't know him, Jimbo. No. You need to know him. You need to call up there and talk to him. He he hosted my uncle's, uh, my, the Andy Tiller Memorial, my uncle Andy's Memorial for 30 years. And, you know, before that, I think he had his dad's Memorial maybe for 10 or 15 years and, about as long having the Andy Tillard up there. What's that, Cody? You guys still having the Andy Tillard Memorial? Oh, no, you, you know, at 30 years, Lee uh, Lee hung it up and uh, and called it a, called it enough. So we uh, we celebrated that a long time ago. Yeah. I wrote my first steer at the Andy Tillard Memorial for money there in the uh, when I was 14 years old. So yeah. For my, it, that was the first place I ever entered roping steers. Who was Andy Tillard? So Andy was was my dad Tim's older oldest brother. Yep. Ty's dad, my cousin Ty. Andy's his dad. Yeah, I knew that. I knew yep. that. Boy, that's yeah. a heck of a roping they had up there, Jimbo. Um, Troy can tell you more about it, but they had a strict dress code to even be able to enter it, and. uh I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, you had to wear a white shirt. Yeah, that was that was the rule. Everybody had to have a white shirt ever to rope there. For you have for, a white shirt and couldn't rope. That's a, that's all my uncle Andy ever wore was a clean white shirt. So that was a pretty neat deal, I thought. And then and then I think they held it every fourth of July. 
And uh, the winner, I think there was a, a tradition for the winner. They'd throw in this great big uh, mining tire that they made uh, into a water tank. And it was a cold booger. I didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't throw me in it because I didn't win it, but they threw Ralphie in it. And it had yep. a metal, <laughs> it had the steel belt all the way around it. And he mm-hmm. was picking out steel belt splinters <laughs> out of for, for about three months after that. But anyway, that's quite the roping. You know, um, it's right there with the Ben Johnson and everything for those guys up there where it was. Yeah, exactly. Quite the yeah. roping. Heck it of a good awesome. time. Lee Burger threw a great big party afterwards where they cooked all that yeah. lamb and some other stuff. Luckily, yeah, they never acquired was, that taste for lamb yet, but maybe one day. Maybe one well, day. We'll I had to cooked right or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's something you dinks are better know how to cook that. Do you ever and win that, the roping? I won it one year. I won it in 2002. Yep. Yeah, uh, after that, it seemed like it just had a jinx on me. I don't know. I had a lot of opportunities, but you know how that goes. Oh, yeah. You, uh, uh, 2004, you won the daddy of them all. What that had to be something, you know, hometown, I mean, home state. What was that? Yeah, that, that was just as good as it ever, ever will get for me. I think, um, as a kid, we'd go to a few of those big, we'd go to Janie Harris's big rope and then Lee Berger's rope and, and we'd go to Cheyenne and that's, we'd, it was just pinnacle for me. And then, uh, I mean, every year we'd go there and spend a week, but yeah, when I won that, it, it, uh, yeah, it, my, mo- I was pretty tickled. That was, that was a pretty neat deal. You had to be a rock star up around Wyoming then. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I was, but I sure thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> I remember him winning it. I was I was very happy for him that day. I wonder how many Wyoming guys have actually won the stir open up there. You have any idea? More than you no. think. Yeah, you know, I there's quite a few. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would have no idea how many, yeah. but yeah. you know. But probably but, several, you know. Heck the CEO of the Cheyenne Frontier days, he won the steer open there. Yeah, Tommy Hersick won it. Mm-hmm. Marty won it. I won it. My dad won the senior. Um, you know, I could, Ori Tayton's not from Wyoming, but we claim him. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some obvious ones, but I'm guessing King Merritt probably won it, but I don't know that, but I bet he did. Possibly. I bet he did. Good chance. Yeah. Good chance. Yeah. No, that was, that was definitely a highlight of, of my roping. That, that was great. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, I can't imagine how it could get much better than that for a Wyoming, Wyoming boy to win the Cheyenne Frontier Days. No, it, it didn't, and, and uh, we probably never will. That was just that was just an awesome deal there. Yeah. That was yeah. fun. Yeah, that was, a, that was quite the deal. How long had you been going to Cheyenne, Troy, ever since you can remember? As a contestant or just as a – just going? both so uh i started going to cheyenne be probably before i was old enough to remember i i mean i remember loading up in the van with dad and mom and my brother and and uh just being little kids and going there so i don't know i'd probably went about it i would think every year until uh see i got my card in 98 so i would have entered it then so that would when i won it i guess that'd have been my sixth trip probably what makes Cheyenne so special to to you compared to a lot of other rodeos? Oh, just the that that tradition, you know what? Because as a kid going there, you know, you saw all these great ropers, and it was probably about the only time I, you know, saw those big names, you know. And uh, so I just watched them, and and I don't know, it it was built up pretty big in my mind, and and it is it's. I'm guessing it's built up like that in a bunch of guys' mind, but it was a big deal to me. It's just a special place, you know, just a mystique to it. And not to mention the 30 foot score and, you know, in the, in the mud a lot of the time, just the whole deal. It's just, it's just special. You know, there's a whole lot of intangibles that can yeah, happen. Yeah. For sure. That yeah. left hand fits everything, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just neat. And then when you walk in there, you can feel that history on you. you oh, it's still- out of ground for sure. Yep. It is. Did you uh did you ever go to the carnival there growing up? 
Oh yeah, yeah. We'd we'd go to the carnival um, every year. You know, we'd talk that in, letting us get over there. We we did about everything you could around that parts. I think Cody. Gosh dang, I got in so much trouble around there, Jimbo, growing up. Really? I can't imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I specifically remember one time going to the carnival. My dad was up during a performance or something, but he was up somewhere else that night. But and then he couldn't find you when he needed to leave. Couldn't find me when they needed to leave. Yeah. It is the and I heard about it all the way there. Oh, well, we got there just in time to see their two steers go trotting down the <laughs> arena. And then you heard about it again. You really heard about it. Well, I was really mad because they never stopped and let me take leak the whole way through there because, I mean, especially when they turned them out anyway. Right. That was a rough, rough trip from Cheyenne to where we were going to Kansas that night. I forget, I forget where we were even going. <laughs> oh, man. I think my brain's blocked it out. Yeah. Do you have a – I guess you have a rope and rainer right there on the ranch somewhere, Troy? Yep, yep, we got a – well, the arena that 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 I grew up in roping is still that still the arena there at the main ranch, and uh, I think it's six hundred and fifty feet long, probably three hundred foot wide. You know, it's a great wow. big arena. That's nice. Cheyenne every day. It sounds yeah, like. he's shining every. But that's really nice to have the arena to for training horses and it and, is and tracking cattle. You know, and to me, horses aren't really broke and steer moves the right they don't rope them right quick they're lost you know and stuff but when you got an arena like that you can track them and, and follow them to it, back in if you need to it is but but then you know later i i find they over here at the ranch heidi and i live at we uh we built a little smaller arena you know where where you had to get out and get it on there and yeah and and i think that helped but when i was a kid you know if you broke down them before halfway grandpa would probably say something to you because yeah. Yep, it was. What what would have been a typical practice session for you guys back then? You know, just uh just two hours of just you know, just roping. I mean a lot of breakaway or lots of breakaway. We all we always did that. Dad always said a, a steer horse only has so many runs in them. And uh so we breakawayed a lot. Dad always made always made good horses he uh he would he would always I'm, I'm talking when i was a kid you know younger before i even tripped one but he would be out driving horses and logging them and and he'd tie a couple down and but us kids we just break away and break away and break away and bring them back take 30 minutes bring the steers back you know we didn't have a return alley and it was a big old arena and uh yeah it was like pinning them out of a pasture yeah yeah it was and then if you and if you lost them, well, hell, you're back to the backside pretty quick. <laughs> you you should have had some good sheepdogs, though. You don't. You know we do. Um, Dad always had some good sheepdogs, and now, now my brother, he's he's really TK. He's got him a he's got him a, a really really good dog and a good pup, and then he's got another dog that's really good. He's really good with them, but yeah, we we'd have us a, a dog or two. We'd always have some dogs to help us. Right. Right. Did you lay a steer down quite often practice tying or? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We did that a lot. I, I tied a lot of steers before I ever tripped one. Um, we'd, we'd lay one down and tie. I'm not going to say every, every day, but quite. Right. Yep. It pays I off I more think. of that. Yeah. You know who else? Another great steer roper from Wyoming. Jason Evans. Yeah. That Jay good. yeah there's been a bunch of them from yeah. out there. And a bunch. You can't, can't forget J.R. Olson either. Holy moly, I about did. But you yep. can't forget him. Gosh, that guy. Yeah, we're probably forgetting somebody, obviously. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure we are. Um, yeah, J.R. was, man, he was he was handy there for a long time. It's definitely cowboy country. They have some other ropings up there. Don King Day's Roping. It's way yep. different. I've never even been to it. I've just I've heard, heard about, about it, Jimbo. It's all, it's kind of a mystique to a bunch of steer ropers. A lot of us has never been to it from down here. So, uh, yeah. And you need to. a little bit about who Don King was and uh, what that roping is, Troy. Well, Don King there, Bruce's dad from, from King Saddlery. And, uh, and that roping was started, I think in about 1990, they, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, that same group of guys you know my dad and 
Dave Bliss and uh, Glenn Barlow, and I'm I'm sure I don't know half of them, but they all they all got together with Kings and and how exactly they pulled that off, I don't know, but that's the prettiest polo field you ever saw. And uh, hell, I don't know how many acres it is, but it's it's as far as you can see, just green, pretty grass. And they wait, they come out with panels, they build four pin four holding pins with an alley with a with the elbow in it and the box sits there and uh so they'll work one steer out in the back of that alley and then you'll get in the box and tell them to bring it and nowadays they have kids that they auction off for uh calcutta and they give each each one of them five ropers but anyway they'll come back and bring it and it's a hand-pulled barrier and the barrier length has varied probably from 20 foot to i know one year harold had it out there at 40 foot and uh yeah, and then you just go get them it's yeah, it's it's probably the funnest place I ever ever roped, and that's right there on the polo field. Yeah, it's right on the grass. Yeah, no fences. Um, down the left side, you know, the spectators kind of line that. They got a clubhouse down there, and kind of people's vehicles on the down the right side. But I saw. I can't remember somebody's horse ran off with the steer, and uh, right when that into those pickups bobby harris come from nowhere and reached out and grabbed him by two feet and stopped the whole thing but that would have been quite a wreck but yeah i can't imagine a polo field in wyoming that just doesn't sound like polo country to me well it dang sure is right up there yeah. jimbo it's some of the most beautiful who, polo country in who, the who plays polo up there troy i mean well I, I know their names but there's some big time polar polo they're not, players they're not sheep herders and cattle ranchers are they no, it, it, it ain't us, promise. <laughs> I think that's where Tommy Wayman lives up there. Oh, really? Yeah, Tommy oh, yeah. Wayman, right. I, I had no idea that they even played polo in Wyoming. Yep. Yeah, There's and there's several other polo fields up there around this one. Um, you, you'd love it if you came up one year and, and watched that deal. It's a beautiful country, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a neat deal. It's a neat setting. You wouldn't even think you'd find in Wyoming, but it's there. It's neat. How many PRCA rodeos are there in Wyoming that have steer roping? Just you know right offhand. Uh, with Wyoming and Colorado, we're down to seven. Really? Yep. Yep. When I was a kid, there there was uh, Douglas and seemed like uh, maybe Sheridan and of course Cheyenne and uh, and Lander. The in fact the belt buckle I wear that I've wore for sixty years probably. Uh, my grandpa won in Lander, Wyoming, nineteen fifty six. Did he really? That's 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 awful neat. They uh when I was a kid, you know, Riverton had it steer open. Um Lusk had it, I know. Wheatland. Wheatland. Yeah, Wheatland. They don't even have a rodeo there and all those you know, Riverton does, but they uh and we've asked and tried to get back in there and, and we just didn't ha don't have much luck. So I went to a big jackpot in Gillette one time. No, I wasn't roping, but I was with my uncle Joe. And it was a it, it was a pretty good good roping. There's been anything a there. That. Not not anymore. It, um, I bet forever there was two rodeos. There was the winter rodeo and the summer rodeo there in Gillette. Mm -hmm. One year I was pretty young and um, they were getting that rodeo together for Gillette and they were short steers. And I don't know the story, but they called around. And I said I have two steers. They're out they're out in the hills and uh i saddled up and it was snowy and cold and blowy and i went out there and i roped and loaded them steers and uh anyway whenever we went to the rodeo the next week i draw one in the first round i went down i draw the second one the second round won both rounds and average of my own steers <laughs> <laughs> that's some home cooking there i think well the bull yeah. are gonna pick their own bulls now in yeah, the PBR, so why not the why can't you bring yeah. your own steer right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all could you imagine how dirty fast this steer opening again if you could bring your own steers? Oh, good golly. Yeah, no, I, I'd just soon try to outdraw them. Than <laughs> right. do that. You know, Wyoming historically was always known, and the, and the whole area up there, is roping bigger, tougher steers. And uh, why did you guys do that for so long up there, Troy? I thought yeah. kind of the, I, even the odds or you guys just liked it a little better. But, but now I don't think they do rope the bigger, tougher steers. I think that they're just the same size as they are down here. Yeah. 
I don't know exactly why that was. You know, Tom Teague, good friend of mine, but down there in Colorado had them steers forever. And, and uh, jackpots, it didn't matter what you did. They were big and tough and strong. and They'd wear you out, you know. You get guys like Will McBride come in there and Harold Bumgardner, you know, they're professionals at tying those big old tough steers down. You know, they'd run them down there and drag them 100 yards. They'd tie them down. But I, I mean, I, I don't have anything against roping those steers, but, I, you know, I like roping the, the uh, better steers better, you know. It's better watching, too. As a, I think it's better watching. It's better. It's easier on the steers. It's it just – I think it's just a better competition. Coy Thompson does most – Ted Ted and Coy Thompson, you know, do all the steers around here now, and they just do a phenomenal job. We rope outstanding steers. I agree. I think Troy Thompson, from what I've seen the last few years, probably puts the best set of steers together as anybody. You know, yep. even he does as good as anybody. And, and kind of some good horn, kind of some good frame on him, just some stuff you'd like to rope, really. Yep. Yeah, he does a great job. Yeah, we're down here at the Ben Johnson a couple years ago. Man, it was it was a good set of steers that year. Oh, did he? Yep. Yeah, they we rope our jackpot steers and our Wyoming Association have been. Man, they've been better than they ever have for the last 10 years, probably around 10 years since he's been doing it. Tell us about the Wyoming Association. What's that all about? Well, um, it's, it's just the Wyoming Steer Roping Association. And they, my granddad was one of the founders of that. And uh, I wish I had those sheets I could read off the other names, but, um, but they started it. I think in about 56 or seven in that time and, uh, and just built that association up just, just for guys to rope at up here. You know, I always kind of looked at it as a place to kind of get ready for, for when the big guns come to town, you know, used, used to be, I'd go to those jackpots till the end of, uh, probably the end of June and then Sheridan and them rolled around and then go try to butt heads with Cody and them guys. And then, uh, and then we'd go back and have our finals and that'd be the years. And it's also like our club down here, I believe Jimbo, right. where it's a great place for someone just to get started, right. get your feet wet, learn how to rope steers, you know, mm -hmm. before you take that next step up. Are there more than one division in it or do they do like a yeah. off thing or how do they do it, Troy? Or do you there, even now, when I, when I was a kid and starting, there wasn't, it was a flat deal, but now they're, we tried the division, the tiers and, and just, maybe didn't have enough people so now we they've got a number system on that gotcha so it, it's really good it's a great place for people to come uh you know kind of learn and get their feet wet hopefully hopefully you know get hooked and, and be lifelong members trey sheets that's another wyoming guy he won he won cheyenne frontier days Real yep so. jay pixley he did too. Jay Pixley, another one. God, that was that was good to see Jay Pixley win that. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. Yeah, that was a fun. That was fun to watch. It's always fun to see a home state guy win that because they really get behind them. Oh, yeah. seems like. I bet. I bet. Did you yeah. do any other events, Troy? You wrote calf roped and bulldogged a little bit. Is that right? I yeah, through high school I calf roped and bulldogged and team roped and um yeah, for a couple of years in college I tried to ride some saddle bronx, but I never never got the i wasn't good enough to even say that i tried but i entered so. what did you do that you need the hip replacement already at your age you yeah. know i i don't know i remember in, in high school my senior year playing football i remember that hip hurting me that year and then it's never really bothered me and i guess in 2018 i roped steers at sheridan and i never really felt anything and we loaded up and we got to Casper for Heidi to run that night. And I went to get out of the truck and, uh, hell, I felt, I caught myself on the door, but I was going to fall down. My leg wouldn't work. I couldn't move it. And, uh, all that, I went in over there. They had that Justin sports medicine, you know, trailer. And I went in there and that guy helped me. And, um, he gave me, got me on a steroid pack. I, I remember I was able to rope at Cheyenne. And that kind of fixed my hip for a little bit, but then it, it's just bothered me ever since. And uh, so then I had it injected it with MSK guide down there in 19 
and in 20 it felt great i was good and then uh, and then this last sometime in this last year probably last spring i think it uh one of those a chip a bone spur come off and it got in that joint and when that would catch boy it would just is all you could take so time to so, work yeah. yeah i've been dealing with it for a while so um I'm exactly two weeks out from my hip replacements and feel really good right now. So I'm pretty excited. Good. Good. Yeah. What time of year is that rodeo at Sheridan? I forget. Is it end of July? First of July. Oh, around like, the, July. Lay out the 10th of July or something. Yep. Boy, it's a cool rodeo. You ever been up there, Jimbo? Yeah. Yeah. I have. Did you watch the uh, Indian relay races up there? The world championships. <laughs> It was so long ago, Cody. I don't remember if they even had them then. You think they had them? Then? I don't know. This would have been back in the sixties. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, but I doubt it. I don't think they did that. Seems like that. When I was a kid, Sheridan what seemed like it was a one header and kind of a small little rodeo. And boy, that committee they have there right now is second to none. And they built that thing up. Yeah, yeah, it's a great place. And then Cody Wyoming. Did you know Cody? Well, I, I haven't been up there to the steer open yet, but I heard they added it. So tell us about it. Yeah. So they, uh, Ben Williams is the chairman of their, their, uh, rodeo committee. And, and, uh, and he, uh, him and Colt Brugman, and I don't know, maybe I want to think Brent Lewis had something to do with it, but they got it. They got it in there and it's, it's been good. I, I hope they keep us because it's a, it's a great rodeo. They made it a three hitter. It's a big old arena, you know. They strapped it out to one over, maybe, and a deep box. It was fun. It kind of reminded me of roping at Pecos, you know. Do they do it a one header like all the other events? No, they didn't. The first year it was a two header, and then last year it was a three header, and, and that made it really nice. Yep. I always preferred the more steer you get a run at a rodeo, the better off. I liked it. What do you like? Do you like the two headers better, or do you like the three plus? It, no, I'm with you on that deal. I like the three plus deal. Um, that that seems kind of been always what kind of maybe I maybe fit me better, or maybe it's just my mentality. But that's that's what I always like. If I was driving there, I'd rather run another steer anyway. That's, that's what cool. I figured. You're already there. <laughs> You're already there. Why not? Yeah, that's for sure. What was your finals experience like, Troy? You went there five times, I think. Yeah, so my first finals experience was, uh, yeah, in 04, and I'd never went and rodeoed. I had, that year, I went to Sheridan and was my first rodeo, and I, I got a little check there. I think I won $900 there at Sheridan, and then went up to Cheyenne, and I won a little over 17000 and after two rodeos, I I don't remember now, but I would say I was pretty good in the top 15, and um went to Dodge. I think I was entered in Dodge city. I think, I don't think I must've won anything. And then I went to Gillette and I won it and, and uh, kind of sealed my deal. So when I got to the finals, you know, I'm sitting there with guys that are my idols and I don't even know them really, you know, uh, there's T woman and, and uh, Rocky and Buster and Marty Jones. And yeah, I don't know. You could go down the list and, and I almost walked in there that first day. I was kind of just in awe, you know. And I had a really good horse, and he, uh, Dad had drove me up to Gillette about four days before we left to go down to the finals and backing him out of the trailer. It started snowing, and he popped his hind foot out there and boated or pulled a suspensory in his hind leg. So I went there on a five-year-old that we'd had like three rodeos, and that horse worked great, and I did, and I – I tell you, I remember though that the two guys there that come out of their way and come up to me was Marty Jones and Rocky Patterson, and they kind of, they kind of got me, you know, back, back on the ground, you know, and and uh, um, I didn't have a very good finals. I I uh, I finally did get a check back then. They only played four, paid four places in those rounds, and that was tough. And uh, now I think they get five or ten thousand dollars just to show up jimbo so you know. <laughs> yeah yeah and then i guess i guess jimbo when i for like 14 through 17 when i went i i you know then i'd been rodeoing and and rodeoed hard and knew everybody and and uh kind of knew right where i fit in and 
I never had the finals, I guess, that I wanted, but, uh, but I was always ready to win there. And, and, uh, and I, I didn't sure won enough or won some. It was, I knew you was there anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You knew yeah. about everywhere you went, his energy knew he's there. This yeah. guy right here, money taking son of a gun yep. from up there. We didn't like it. We didn't like it down here somewhere. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we was glad to see him every time he came right. down. Right. They did take their uh, ranching real serious up there. I mean, a lot of times he'd be sitting real good in the standings, and I'd look around, and I'd see him somewhere on down the road and say, where the heck were you, Troy? He said, well, we had to go home and I think shear sheep if I'm not wrong or gather sheep or something. Yeah. Sharon always falls over a busy time. You know, we're real busy in the spring and then the fall. And, you know, when you run sheep, the sheep shears kind of run you. Cause when you can ever get that crew from New Zealand in, you know, you, you can't, you can't barter with them on the dates. It is when it is. Oh, what the heck. They come all the way from New Zealand to do it. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they do. And there's there's a guy, a really good friend of ours, Dave Foley, up here in, in uh and he's from New Zealand, but he lives there in KC. And he uh he's got a shearing outfit and he brings the guys over and, and uh yeah, they're they're amazing. You know, you you'll get a ten man crew out there and they'll shear two thousand sheep in a day and it's the dingest thing you ever see. I've seen it on TV, it's just amazing the way they yep. come down and it just comes off in one piece kind of doesn't it yeah, yeah. that is wild how they do yeah. that it is one piece and you know if you ever put a stopwatch on them you know a minute oh, and a half it's it's off it's it's great they mentioned casey wyoming there that's what that's quite the cowboy town isn't it oh yeah In there yeah. I, that's listen, another place we always rope steers that we don't anymore they don't have a rodeo there either but that's a neat place i got in my first bar fight there jimbo Really? uh-huh yeah chipped a tooth yeah what the other guy look like he come out looking like a rose <laughs> he looked real good <laughs> no it was kind of a wild deal they had a, a cowboy bar and a biker bar that's a good combo. right next door to each yeah. other yeah, what could the, go wrong there that, well <laughs> i think it was the cowboy bar that got mad at me and beat me up <laughs> bart most of the bikers are pretty nice guys it seemed like yeah that's back when the KC rodeo, everybody would come to KC and then on out to Pendleton, wasn't it? Correct. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Yeah, there was a handful of us. <laughs> you do a lot of hunting up there, Troy? You know, uh, I, coyotes. I do I do hunt a lot of coyotes. Um, I've hunted everything and and guided hunters and took a lot of hunters and um I guess I don't hunt any big game for myself anymore. I have. I enjoyed it. But then after, you know, just guiding that many guys and going out and doing it, um, I don't know. I guess I guess I don't do a lot of hunting, no, Jimbo. Pretty good mule deer up there. Yeah, they used to be outstanding mule deer. And then and uh and I think the numbers are coming back. We've had some I think they call it blue tongue disease came through maybe 10 or 12 years ago. Yep. And it was pretty hard on the mule deer populations, but they're slowly coming back. Um, when I was in high school, though, the mule deer out there on the ranch would look like those calendars you see. I mean, it was it was really neat. I miss seeing those. Right. I think the mule deer numbers are kind of down all over, you know, from what I understand, especially the trophy type bucks, you know, and stuff. Idaho and places like that. And they blame it on the wolves and different things. Even the elk, you know, the elk seem like they've kind of, moved into a lot of the mule deer range and, and probably hurting the mule deer populations a little bit, maybe. I think so. And I think four wheelers have a lot to do with it. You know, it, it used to be you had to get out there and, and really work. And now you, all yeah. them hunters go up with a four wheeler and they can buzz, buzz a lot more country pretty quick, but yeah. I'm sure it's a little everything. Yeah. They all got a helicopter like they have on Yellowstone. No, no, we don't, there are no helicopters. We, uh, um, we don't have airplanes, helicopters, nothing like that. You know who he mentioned a while ago? Brugman's. That's another guy I think about when I think about Wyoming. That Paul Brugman, he was a he was a steer roper. Yep. For sure. Oh, it's it's ropey country. I know sure. there's a lot of good ropers come from there. What's the biggest difference in the ropings up in Wyoming? And then when you came down here, 
you know, and went to a lot of ropings, you know, when the last couple of times you made the finals that you normally didn't even hit because you guys were so busy up there. They must have let you off on the shearing duty. There for <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, like the, I really like going to the Ben Johnson and I really like going to the rope and fiesta. It, it when I went to those two, you, it's kind of like going to Cheyenne. You feel all that history there, you know, that them, them old arenas that haven't been touched. And, uh, and, and so I guess, you know, that deep history is what I liked about them the most. Uh, um, and the fans, you know, when I, when I went to the, both of those ropings, you know, those, those stands were packed. I remember, at the Ben Johnson, it was, a, it, was, it was just, we had drove all night to get there. And that night, though, there was such a party going on. I think it was Ralph Wilson driving, probably, maybe your car had big old horns on the front. Yeah. Shoot, I don't know. Around, but, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I guess it, it was, I don't know if there's a difference, but just the, uh, just going somewhere new and seeing, seeing your guys' history and all that, I really like that. What do you think about roping like at Pecos compared to Cheyenne and things like that? So when I went to Pecos, you know, it kind of, it to me, it was a lot like roping at Cheyenne. I mean, that first year I went there, I was, you know, I, I thought well, that was. It's sitting near as close as it is at Cheyenne. That's really. The yeah, only it, it, exactly. But it's it, kind of the same thing. I it, Pecos, Pendleton, Cheyenne, that, those were probably when I was a kid growing up, those were the rodeos that, that, uh, you know, I thought we're, I thought we're just the the best rodeos out there, and and uh, so roping there, I I thought that I, I really like that. Well, if you're a steer roper, that's the three you think about. That's the three you want to win. That's the three. Yeah, it is. And that's the big three in my mind. I'm not sure as far as rodeos and then jackpots. You know, you can you can get your big three. Depends on which region you're from, probably. Exactly. That 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 was the big three in my mind too. So, yeah, that uh. I really liked roping down there. I was roping down there one time, and my sunglasses melted and were running down my face. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good for me. But, but um, I won Pen or I won Pecos in 2013, and it was damn near the same feeling as when I won Cheyenne. It meant a lot to me. So, have you won Pendleton? Nope. No. Nope. You gotta get that hip well. Get that Pendleton buckle on you. <laughs> I had plenty of opportunities. I just couldn't pull it off. Couldn't beat them guys. But I think I read somewhere where your grandfather, Bud, might have won second at Pendleton one time. I think so. Yeah, he did. Um, I can't remember, Jimbo, what year that was. But yeah. I think I think he did. I, I think that sounds right. Yeah. I think my dad. Did you meet my, your wife at Pendleton? Yeah, yeah. I met Heidi. I met Heidi at Pendleton. Um, we met there, and, and uh, man, we didn't even see each other for a year and a half, and uh, we just we just became friends, and then uh, yeah, the rest is history. He really wanted to be friends, didn't he? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, pretty good friends, you know. Gosh, dang that Pendleton! It's something else. What what yeah. what do you like about Pendleton? And can you explain it for some people that ain't been there? Um, what I like about I mean it's just different, you know. It, it, I love how the the uh, steers come from underneath and run down there on that track, um, and then you go out and you rope on the grass like Don King days, but it just happens quicker. Um, and then it's it's just such a good time. I mean you got the letter buck room and it just i don't know that you can't you can't duplicate Pendleton. and it I'm, hasn't changed a whole lot either has it and not not since i went you know it and i don't think it's changed a whole lot for 100 years really it didn't used to have grass it hadn't always been grass oh wasn't it i didn't know that no, no. and i don't know what year that it went in but uh, yep. in the 40s it was not grass I didn't know Ben Johnson cab open, you know, that's on dirt. Well, I just thought it was maybe they chopped that dirt up so much. No, no, down no the grass came later and I'm not sure what year. Hey, I got to take the rodeo historian's word on that one. Cause I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's just another one of those places that you just, it's just neat. Yeah. That's definitely hollow ground right there. For sure. Yeah. 
you know, you're right out of the back of the arena when you get done roping. You see a drunk guy stumbling around over there, and then you look over there and you see a, an awesome <laughs> Indian encampment, and then yeah. you take your horse back to the trailer, you unsaddle him, and I'll be dang. They feed your horse for you up there, give you free alfalfa or Timothy hay for your horse. I mean, they just really treat you good up there. They do. It's I mean, yeah. in that letter bug room you were talking about, yeah. but I heard that place yeah. is really something yeah. else too. I know you've been there. Never been my, there. I'm not sure on the years, but my dad's entered that or competed at that rodeo for maybe 43 or 44 years in a row. He never missed a year. He loved it that much. So what is that letter buck room? Because I don't know. I've never been there. Jimbo's never been there. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> um, yeah, the letter buck room. They, I, they just serve whiskey, straight whiskey, no nothing else. So you go in and buy your chips and. Uh, oh yeah, I have been there, Jimbo. I just um, don't remember bringing back memories now. Yes, yeah. yeah, I don't remember it, but them sneak up on you too, won't they? Right there. Yeah, I thought it was midnight when I was walking out of there, <laughs> like uh, noon or something like right, that. Right. Yeah, I was twelve hours off. Oh, good God! It was a bad deal, Jimbo. I have to tell you about it one of these days. It's, it's embarrassing, or I'd tell everyone. I'm about surprised it. you can remember it. Barely, <laughs> barely. That's how bad it was. You just had you're, to. You're gonna have to break back out and go back up there, Cody. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's I. I want to go back out there. It's a great yep. place to go. It is, isn't it? But uh, you know, since I've since I've quit roping, I've done a lot of things around here. So <laughs> had a lot of fun. Had a lot yeah, of fun right here. Like you guys have rebuilt the town, it looks like a neat deal. I can't wait to get down there and see it all. Yeah, we can't wait for you to get down here either. We can't wait for you to get down here either. Are you planning on cracking back out? You got a good horse coming along? Yeah, I've got a good horse. He's got Got some age on him um and uh i don't know i i'm just curious to see i'm gonna rope i i qualified for torrington so that's in the end of april i'm gonna crack back out there and uh and just see see how i feel and see where my hip is you know last year i just i just i just couldn't do it i couldn't move so i, I you know I, i'm gonna have to get over that and learn that i can do it again and, and see but I don't really plan on ever just loading up and going to all of them again, nothing like that. But I, I like to go to those good rodeos and see what happens, you know. Shoot, yeah, I think he'll come out sitting pretty good, I imagine, if he enters them. Right. That's the only thing, getting him to enter them all the right. way from up there. Right. Sheep got to be sheared. <laughs> you ever had such a thing coming out of a rodeo cowboy's mouth? Got to home, <laughs> got to get it, got to leave the rodeo, go shear the sheep. But. <laughs> That's the reason he can afford to go rough right, rodeo, right. probably. So Troy, if if you're putting together a Mount Rushmore of Wyoming ropers, who would you put on it? Oh, okay. Um <laughs> you threw him for a loop, Jimbo. I don't know. He was probably ready for the I threw him through that Wyoming in there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I'd done my homework and I was I thought I was ready. Now I'm not. Um well for sure to me, Glenn Barlow has to go right up there. Um Bobby Harris has to go right there. Um, oh, geez. That's tough. You know, we named a lot of those guys. Um, J.R. Olson would go on my list for sure. And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm sure there's there's some old timers there that I'm that I just didn't get to watch rope enough. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, there's so many you could put on there from up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What so, about your regular route, Mount Rushmore, if you get to pick any steer roper? Yeah, so I thought about that. That's pretty tough, too. So so if that was my question, I'd, I would have said the four, the ones that I've roped against. And and to me, that's Guy Allen, um, Trevor. No-brainer, no-brainer. Rocky and Snedeker are the best four steer ropers I feel like I've roped against. And, and, and that's, you know, there's other ones too. When Cody Lee to me is one of the best ropers out there, helped me more than anybody. Um, he could go on that list. Chet Heron. Chet ropes good. Ties he fast. does. Fastest He's, hands. Yep. 
or he was. There's a lot. I, I always like listening to your podcast and listening to those answers. And I just don't, I just don't know if you can sum it all up. You can't. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. Who were your biggest influences on steer roping on your style that you have now? And well, everything. Cause he swapped his style up a couple times through the year and he really started getting our money big time, you know, there for a few yes, years. For sure. Growing up, my dad was, um, he he's probably had more influence than anybody on me and then and then uh i think it was in about 2010 i went down and i went to a to a roping school trevor brazil's and then the very next year um rocky come to the ranch and did a roping school for me and my brother and my cousins and uh um probably those two guys guy allen in in 2002 come to the ranch and roped with and I learned a lot. I just wasn't quite ready to learn all that. I don't think I wasn't far enough along. And uh, yeah, so I'd probably say, um, you know, Trevor, probably Rocky more than anybody. Um, Cody Lee, I spent a lot of time at his house and roped with Cody um, and his dad a lot, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I'd have got where I got did what i did without the help of those three for sure what about your equipment what equipment are you using your ropes saddle yeah so the saddle i'm using now is a is a uh, jim stoney saddle from you know he's from pendleton and he lives yeah, down stoney yeah i know him he's yeah. A dude. yeah and i always wanted one i finally got him to make me one and uh and i tell you it's when my hip went to hurting and he makes that that a uh, tree that he makes a he can make a narrow seat in there and that made a big difference for me um my ropes are king ropes um i like them four strands not a lot of guys use them but that's a that's that's my go-to and uh yeah what about your boys or how many are they got all boys or girls i don't even know on facebook but yeah, yeah, Ryder's 17 and Talon, my youngest son's 12. Um, yeah, they're Ryder's Ryder's a good golfer. He's big into golf. He ropes good with he ropes, he ropes with me a lot. He ropes good at home. Um he uh I think he'll get the bug. He might trip some steers this summer. And uh the other events besides steer open just never like we'll head and heal quite a bit, but that's not you know, I guess preparation to steer rope, probably. I think so. Yeah. 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 And then, and then Talon, he's all about it. He, uh, he, uh, it won't be long and he'll be after him. You know, those couple, those few guys that he uh, studied under, they all got different techniques, but every one of them's flawless techniques, you know, especially Rocky Patterson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, uh, he's quite the roper. There you go. He'd be on my route, Mount Rushmore of just steer ropers, probably. He's a heck of a roper. Yep. Yeah, he'd be. He's a, you know, I, I get to go to Rockies and rope there several times, and him and John Miller, and um, man, those are just, you can't soak it all in. You can't, you, there's just, you can't learn that much that fast that, that you wish, you know, you wish you had it on video, but yeah, it's amazing that, that, that guy was really good to me and and john miller um well i just love being around him he was he was the same way he's so knowledgeable what about uh what about shoot i forgot what the heck i was gonna ask him jimbo it was a good one too but it was but anyway <clears throat> you got anything else for him well just thank him and and uh hope that hip goes ahead and heals like it's supposed to and and you'll be tripping steers before you know it. And, and maybe you come down and see us sometime. Maybe come down to Ben Johnson. I'd love to get back down there and row, but you know, I, um, I'm hoping this hip does it. You know, I went to physical therapy today and they said I'm way ahead of where I should be. And I go back up and see my surgeon Friday. So here in a couple of days. So what about your wife, Heidi's year? How's it looking? She got a good barrel horse coming on. You she know, she does watching the NFR right now. Yeah, yeah, we've been watching the NFR. We, uh, she's got a good horse. She got solo, and uh, they made the they went to the circuit finals this year, and that, and and he got oh a year ago he got 
he got something in the um oh some kind of blood poisoning or something and uh we thought we were gonna lose him and so she come back late and they come back strong and they're getting ready to go to denver here pretty quick and she's doing good she's got a young horse that she uh she's been bringing along so she's doing good she uh she is doing good well, that's hoping we're watching another tiller at the national finals just in another event next year, Jim. Yeah, she's quite the barrel racer. Yep. We keep up with her. Yep. Well, all right, Troy. We sure appreciate you coming on today. Hey guys, I really enjoyed it. You Thank any, you. Want any shout outs for anybody before we get off here? You know, I, I hope I hope we covered them all, but I'm sure we did. I'm sure I missed somebody, but I, I really appreciate it, guys. We appreciate having you. How many of y'all tillards are in a rope in the rope practice pin sometimes? It must be like 30 minutes between steers you get a breakaway. There's so many. <laughs> you know, we're all we're all kind of split up now, you know. But uh um when, when when I was a kid, there'd be my, you know, my dad, my uncle. And there'd be four or five of us kids, grandpa. So there'd be a bunch of us. Well, tell everybody up there we said hi. I will, Cody. You tell your family hello, too. Tell tell your dad I haven't seen Rocky in a long time. All right, man. See you, Troy. All See right. you, guys. Well, that's been a good one, Jimbo. Oh, real good one. All right. Until next week, everybody. This has been another edition of the Cowboys of the Osage. One of my favorites. This has been a great one. Yeah. <laughs>